Blog Talk Radio. A podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Well, we're back. Hello. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's getting used to... um, Every two weeks, that's kind of, you know, kind of like, oh, it's a new rhythm. Yeah, there's space. So, yes, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so, and with that space comes more time to discuss the kind of things that we normally do, like what's been your your week like? We could now say what's been your last couple of weeks like? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yeah, really. So um, I'm going to open it with that since that gets us started and gets us churning so what has been your like your last two weeks like yeah it's been weird um you know like regular busy life stuff writing writing wow um writing and editing (laughs) two different manuscripts yeah i got two different two different manuscripts in the hopper one first draft and one third so that you know that's a weird thing to balance and um, I'm taking a small vacation in a couple of weeks. My mm. partner and I are going to Las Vegas, which I'm really excited and really nervous. And I have not traveled at all since COVID. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm feeling freaked out about it and debating whether this is the smartest choice. But I also really need to, like, have a little vacation. <laughs> yeah, so, I understand that. Yeah, so we'll see. That's, you know, going to happen. So, yeah, it's just kind of like really busy trying to get everything Mm -hmm. done, stay on top of life and plan for this little getaway in a couple of weeks. I just looked at the calendar and realized like, oh, it's literally just like a couple of weeks. It's two and a half weeks. It it feels like Mm -hmm. I've been waiting to do something for so long. It feels like it can't possibly be just two and a half weeks. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, that's been really that exciting over here, just life, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about well, you? Well, you know, um, as I was saying to you before the show, um, one of the interesting things, I came here and I wanted to be, you know, a more inclusive grandmother and mm-hmm. in Italian, Nona is a grandmother. That's the name. That's how you call Nona. And right. um, so I wanted to really be helpful and be part of the family. And, of course, the only child that's left, well, there are two children, and I have to say one of them is 15. She'll be 16. So she's not, you know, she's a child to us, but not necessarily yeah. in that um, and of course there is my granddaughter, which is meaning my biological one. And that's a six year old who just started kindergarten. And so, you know, this is a big thing. And so I got involved because, you know, I know some of the things that are going on in the family and I might be called upon to, um, go pick her up after school or whatever. And so I you yeah. know, have jumped into that along with, you know, the regular stuff that I do in my readings and, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And it sort of amped up. The first week, which was the week before, we had a little drama because before that was the first actual week and that was all excitement. And, you know, I picked her up. Uh, actually, um, my daughter's father-in-law drove me to show me the way, because he used to live where the the um, elementary school is. And so I mm-hmm. found my way there through that, and we picked her up, and, you know, it was a big thing for the first week. Well, the following week, which would have been last week, they got notification. I was coming home from grocery shopping on Tuesday, and my daughter calls me, and she's literally, I can tell she's got the hysterical tone in the voice. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm bracing. I have no idea if it's <laughs> this, because... Her, da- her daughter, which daughter, husband, you know, right. what could be the, the, the trauma that this portends. And then to top it off, her father, my ex, has got some medical issues that have shown up. And that's another reason why I'm sort of taking on um, the concept that I may be called on to pick up my granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have no idea what it is. Well, she tells me that... The kindergarten class my granddaughter is in has been, people had to come pick their kids up because one of the children had been very close to someone in the family who tested positive for COVID. So that's like the world. Yeah. And of course, everybody's like, "Ah," you know, and Mm -hmm. um, so obviously these are kids they are not vaccinatable and uh so we're all sitting here kind of trying to decide how this is to go and i'm like okay you know i'm pulling my my groceries in talking to her and and she doesn't know what's going on and blah 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 so she has to take time off from work because and here's the stupid thing of her work um because she technically she would okay there's kind of like this you have to take the covid test to get covid yeah. pay okay yeah and we had already been this was the kid had had this exposure on friday this is tuesday five days later um all the people that have been around my granddaughter were we've all been fine okay mm-hmm. and so we're like okay and of course my daughter remembers 
her tests that she'd taken earlier, you know, during any time in the, the, the long stick and the, the, you know, how horribly painful. And she's like, I can't torture my daughter. I mean, this is ridiculous. She's not showing signs, you know, that that she's, you know, this is, you know, I just arbitrarily so that I can get COVID pay. And so she was having a lot of that. So it kind of went back and forth. And um, finally she talked to her doctor and then she talked to the nurse at school and they found um, she was assured that they have changed the practices. It's not, it's not, no, it's not that bad excruciating. Yeah. And yeah. so I had to get it got, just, um, yeah. many, I don't know, like a month ago maybe. I was getting mm-hmm. tests regularly a year ago because I was working with the public and I thought this is responsible. Right. And then I, about a month ago, maybe even more than that, I had to have a medical procedure. So I had to have a COVID test ahead of time. And it was a very different test <laughs> yeah, than I had see. to have a year ago. Yeah. Right. So... So we're all kind of sitting here. And as it turns out, she got the appointment on a Friday. And um, I basically had something I had to go do. And what I was going to do is on my way home, I, you know, was coming home. Well, my dogs had to get groomed. And so I, you know, had to go do that. And then I was going to come home. So I said, I'll pick you up. You know, there's a place called Seven Brew. It's a kiosky place that you can, like Dutch Brothers in, in Santa Rosa in our area mm-hmm. in California. And it got great coffee. And so my daughter has something she likes and my granddaughter does. So I picked that up. And then there's another place. And I thought, you know, pick up some food and I'll drive it down and put it on the on the uh, picnic table they have out in front of their house and they can come get it and everything and she's like, yeah. go get tested today so she had all of that and went and got tested and the, the rapid test she came back negative and then they did the other test to check and see if she'd been exposed and had it and she's never had it they found out that this week so but that whole tension level flowed into this week which you know under the circumstances um, my daughter was getting oral surgery yesterday to get some teeth mm. removed and get some implants and, you know, the the implant and screw in things and all. Yeah. yeah. There was all this drama. So I'm like, okay, I'm here. And so literally I've sort of, I picked up my granddaughter a couple of days out of the week and all the rest of it. So I've, I've, I suddenly became incredibly useful in this space. <laughs> Which was nice because, you know, that yeah. was the the general idea on why I'm moving here, why I chose to change my whole world was to yeah. be more in tune with what needed to happen. And I got the, I mean, within a short space of time, just like anything, you get thrown into the deep end of the water and you start swimming. So mm-hmm. that's been my week and my couple of weeks and, you know, just, getting used to the idea that um, I'm doing different things different ways and my schedule is different. It's like instead of getting up and getting dressed and going to work, I get up, I get dressed, and I go to my computer or I go to my, you know, readings that call me or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, looking for a house and doing all the things that come into this kind of environment. So I'm excited (laughs) <laughs> that yeah. we have a show that, you know, changes <laughs> my pace a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and I know that it, when we chose to do this, I, I, I'm looking at it as we used to do every time when we did shows. 
and we chose topics is like I'm looking at this going okay do I know what I'm doing and how do I get this you know information and am I going to make any sense about what we're talking about and it's good thing because <laughs> we kind of had a, a check-in as we do and I'm like oh okay so I heard one thing she heard another we're going to make right. this happen in whatever way we can so the yeah. show will be a creative blend uh on you know like um what are they, you know, stand-up comedy, we'll do it as a uh, improv. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so. we'll just roll with it. So I'm turning the next part over to you, and you can kind of start introducing and moving, and then I will jump in with things that come from my side, and we'll go from there. Yeah, well, so, you know, as Elvira alluded to, we um, had a little, couple of different ideas about what we were going to talk about today. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about astrology and how that is going to unravel will uh, be seen. As we talk. No kidding. We've done a little <laughs> bit of different directional research, but you know, one of the things that I looked about into and um, was thinking about we would discuss today is some of these, like, big moments. So astrology has become, like, this hot topic, especially on social mm-hmm. media, and all of a sudden everyone's an astrologer and everyone knows their sun, moon, and rising. Like, I've never seen in thir- almost 30 years of practicing witchcraft in some way, shape, or form, I've never seen so many people know about their charts ever so it's clearly Mm -hmm. much more popular than it's ever been in the past right Uh, and right because of that like people get confused astrology is actually really complicated it's layers Mm -hmm. upon layers upon layers of information and even when you're looking at your own birth chart it can be really hard to figure out what the hell does all of this mean why does it matter what you know like my Mm -hmm. My partner always jokes about it. He's like, I don't know when there's like a conjunction or a ham sandwich or a, a thingy you would do in a what's it. Like he doesn't get any of it. So it can be really confusing <laughs> and frustrating and complicated. And so, you know, you don't need to know all the things. It's it, You can be perfectly happy in your spiritual practice and not worry about astrology at all. And there are a few moments that happen that are kind of more big quote unquote and Mm -hmm. that may cause more may cause more of an impact in your life or in our culture Mm -hmm. and so those are the moments that you might want to pay attention um right yeah so yeah and i'll just like jump in from there and start with the thing and then i'll go all right elvira what do you think um One of the big things that happens, and it happens every year, so it's not like some sort of, you know, crazy moment that happens only every 2,000 years. It happens every year, but their eclipses tend to be important moments to pay attention to. And Mm -hmm. from a a traditional witchcraft perspective, eclipses were not times to perform important magic. It was during an eclipse, it's considered contraindicated to use a medical term to do any type of spell work because there's confusion at least that's the word that mm-hmm. i was taught uh you know mm-hmm. it's the middle of the day but all the animals think it's that night is coming and so the animals react weird uh the sky is not doing what it's supposed to be doing so the sky is weird like everything gets weird and that can throw off 
your spell work or magic. And there mm-hmm. are lunar and solar eclipses. It, in my opinion, lunar eclipses happen pretty regularly. I think there's like three or four a year usually, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You yeah. need to know, like, they're not going to impact the whole planet the same. Same with solar eclipses. There's usually one or two a year. They're not going to impact the, the whole planet the same. So it does really matter where you live, in my opinion. This is totally my opinion. If there's a major full solar eclipse where you live and it's going to impact you, then you really should consider relaxing that day, maybe doing some meditation or doing some cleansing or just not like some astrologers even say, don't go out. Like those are not the days to like have big plans, but if you are not going to be impacted by it, you live on the other side of the planet, you probably have less to worry about because you're not actually in the energetic pulse of that moment, you know, mm-hmm. although that is not, mm-hmm. that's not a universal belief. That's just a me belief. <laughs> right. Okay. You know, but like, if we look from an ancestral perspective, even an astrological ancestor perspective, they only measured the sky based on where they lived. They didn't know it was happening on the other side of the planet. They thought what was happening to them was happening to everyone, and that's just not true. So they would have mm-hmm. worked with the astrology of where they are. And so that's mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. to consider. You know, how is any eclipse going to impact where you are and make your decisions based off of that? So that's, that is my first suggestion. Notice eclipses mm-hmm. because things get weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They do. Yeah. They do. And obviously, you know, when when you get solar, you're looking at the sun. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's the masculine energy. You get the lunar. And we don't need to know, I mean, obviously we need to drive into the idea of how a solar and a lunar eclipse occur and what actually is has, happening astronomically. But basically you look at sun is masculine, moon is feminine, so the energies of these eclipses will have an effect on that energy, whether you're a man or a woman. But it's that energy that we talk about, which, you know, masculine energy is, is doing things and going out and achieving and, and, you know, that ego-based point of reference of going out, doing. And yeah. the feminine is the, the moon, and that's lunar, and that's more creative and nurturing and, you know, that kind of energy. So when you get eclipses, those are the areas in terms of the energetics in a human that gets affected. And, again, we all know that it can uh, change things. So when you don't want to go out or you don't feel creative or, you, you know, there are certain things you listen to. Um, right. And I know that most of us are taught you know, to persevere and go on. And I think that we, with the reset that we just have gone through (laughs) and been forced into, um, there is more of a necessity to listen to what is going on in ourselves. Yes, we may have to do something externally on a, you know, go out on a solar eclipse, but we can limit where and how we do it or what we're doing. We can shift it. It's not something, I mean, yes, you get the effects, you know, there's the buildup and then there's the event and then there's the, you know, the the moving away. 
but the the most powerful time, the most intense time, is the actual event itself. Yeah. And I think yeah. that needs to be taken into effect on that level, so personal. And, yeah. um, you know, when you're looking at astrology, it's another way of learning how to make sense of yourself in the world, whatever exactly. that may be. I love that. You know, and I, I think that, you know, just like we do tarot card, we'll pick a tarot card for the day and, you know, it needs this and it has this. Well, yeah, divinatory, yeah, prophetic, yeah, but there's another side, which we've already gone through, you know, Major Arcana uh, series, but it's the same thing with astrology. And these big yeah. events happen just like we have full moons and dark moons, or as they call them, new moons. Um, and those have meaning they're not as big as eclipses but they're the next level down right that's my take on it <laughs> yeah no that's totally true that is totally so. true mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um and i don't believe that we have in this month september we don't have any eclipses i think that no. um i think the series that are joint lunar solar um because you know it's kind of how the earth moves and the sun moves uh you know yeah. uh, how the earth moves around the sun and the moon moves around the earth um mm-hmm. but i believe it we have the last what is considered large one meaning big, big event coming closer yeah. to the end of the year yeah we have so the astrologer that i like list i subscribe to her podcast and you know all this stuff she um, calls it eclipse season. So May through June is when there's a, like a string of eclipses. And then this mm-hmm. year, November 19th and then December 4th will be the last eclipses of the year. So we get like a little spring dash and then we get like a little winter dash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So um, you want to give us the date again for the last two that are happening yeah. November, I think you said. No, uh, now I lost it. Where did my note go? November 19th and mm-hmm. then December 4th. December 4th, 4th. is the okay. last one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that gives people an idea, you know, and it gets kind of interesting looking at the timing. It's, you know, I know that a lot of the reasons we have holiday fever <laughs> at the end of the year is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of external reasons, but it also has to do with the certain kinds of um, seasonal movement. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking at those two going, well, those are kind of right at the amping up of the the end of the, you know, the year, the Christian calendar year, because technically Rosh Hashanah, which is the new year for the Jewish tradition is happening this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, um, but again, in our new year, it's October 31st, November 1st routine for the, for more of our pagan community. Um, but be that as it is, I just noticed that I'm like, wow, yeah. that'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, the other <laughs> weird thing I was noticing looking at dates and stuff is the mm-hmm. last eclipse, the one in May 
was also right before Mercury retrograde, which was the next like big thing I was going to bring up with Mercury retrograde. Mm-hmm. So it's like we had mm-hmm. Mercury retrograde and an eclipse in the same moment, you know? So mm-hmm. if, if you're, if the end of May for you in 2021 was a little bit weird, you could blame it on that. <laughs> yes, definitely. And I haven't heard one person, whether they believe, mind you, in astrology or anything, um, but they like to go, I'm blaming this on Mercury retrograde. Oh, yeah. And these are common, yeah. you know, this is like going out in regular, you know, the, the world and you hear this mm-hmm. because, as you say, it's becoming more popular. Right. And maybe in sometimes, you know, comedic, but people just are aware of it. They know what mm-hmm. it is, even if they don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's nice to have so. something to blame, you know, when when everything's going haywire and your computer crashes and none of your phone calls are have a clear signal. Like, it's easy to go, ugh, freaking Mercury retrograde and blame <laughs> something rather than just be frustrated, you know? It's nice. <laughs> I know, I know. It's kind of like, it's not my fault, it's this. Exactly. Yeah, it's the astrological so. forces that I have no control over. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to give it over to that. So, and now yeah. you're gonna since we started that introduction, let's go ahead and do Mercury retrograde, and then I suppose yeah. we should take a break. But um, yeah. let's do the Mercury retrograde before. Yeah. So we've talked about Mercury retrograde on the show before. So that I think we even did a whole episode, if I'm remembering right, on Mercury retrograde yeah. and how to work with it and, um, you know, be more welcoming rather than try to fight against it. Because, you know, that's the Mm -hmm. thing with some of these astrological patterns. If you know that there's something that's going to bring potential strife, you can work with that. You don't have to feel like you're swimming upstream. When you know that there's a storm coming, you lock the windows and tighten up and, you know, bring in lawn furniture, right? You, you're proactive. And it's kind of the same thing when there's something coming astrologically, you do what needs to be done ahead of time so that you have less chaos to deal with when something's happening. Mm-hmm. And what Mercury retrograde is, is all the planets have a retrograde and it's simply an optical illusion. Mercury is moving in a specific pattern and because of its orbit and our orbit, three different times a year in the night sky, it looks like Mercury is actually moving backwards in its orbit instead of frontwards. It's not. It's just an optical illusion because of the two different orbit patterns of our planet. Mm -hmm. However, Mm -hmm. when this happens, and it happens three times a year at least, sometimes four every freaking year, um, it can cause issues. And Mercury is the planet that rules over communication. Um, electronics, community, sometimes even money. So when Mercury goes retrograde and is moving backwards, it's a moment of reflection, reevaluation. Basically, the prefix R-E applies <laughs> to everything. <laughs> uh, it can, and there, there is, like, some tracking of moments where there's, like, major solar flares or Mercury retrogrades where there does seem to be more issues with electronics from a, a, like a more global scale, like cell phone towers and communication towers and things like that do tend to have more breakdowns, problems, issues during Mercury retrograde periods and major solar flare periods. So it's, it's pretty interesting right. 
it makes sense mm-hmm. to me from a scientific perspective that when the our solar system is doing interesting things, of course it's going to impact our planet. We are, you know, if you look at our solar system, it's a giant cell. We we're all related. It just we might not fully understand how, you know. So right. the next Mercury retrograde starts on September 27th of 2021. So it's just a couple of weeks away. It's at the end of this month. Um, and mm-hmm. it, um, it's happening in an air sign. So Mercury can go retrograde in any of the signs of the zodiac. Um, and the different signs could have different impacts with an air sign, it tends to cause even more issues with communication because air is connected to communication. Um, it can mm-hmm. cause issues with social and mental functions. So if you're very forgetful or you keep missing appointments or things like that, that's pretty typical for an air sign Mercury retrograde. Uh, and mm-hmm. so that's, that's what's coming. That's right. what's coming. But you can do right. things. To prepare, like I said, back up your systems before we get into the Mercury retrograde period. Make sure you've already double-checked any appointments you have scheduled. Um, Double-check your schedule to make sure you haven't double-booked yourself or done something silly to your schedule that might end up causing you a hassle. It's not the best time to sign an agreement or a contract. It's not the best time to have work done on your house or have a new security system or internet system or Wi-Fi installed. Like it's best to just wait until that moment is over. Not that those things mm-hmm. don't work, but you might have to jump through more hoops. You might have a little bit more of a headache. As I've mentioned on the show before, making phone calls to giant corporations like AT&T is my version of hell. So I try to not do things like that during a Mercury retrograde because it's likely to be even more of a hellscape for me. <laughs> right. I don't do like right. installations or upgrades during that time. It's just not the best time for it. So, mm-hmm. well, there you go. Attention to Mercury retrograde could be helpful. Definitely, definitely. And this one, mm-hmm. interesting enough, for this particular month, which is the last yeah. Mercury retrograde of the year thankfully. Um, yeah, it's a doozy. Right. <laughs> um, it's, it's basically, um, uh, how do I want to put this? It's squaring um, Pluto. And Pluto, of course, is also squaring. And this I found interesting because, again, we came from different perspectives with how we were going to approach this radio show, which brings in some interesting little tidbits is that Pluto is squaring Eris, E-R-I-S, which is a little known but little powerhouse planet that Mm -hmm. is named after the ancient god of discourse. But see, now, Eris cannot stand to see injustices. She embodies the strong woman archetype that stands up and speaks out for the underdog and those disadvantaged and vulnerable for whatever reason. Now, you have that coming in and the way that, again, Pluto and its little section is hitting at Mercury, which tends to mean that what you're going to get is you're going to get a lot of breakdowns, but catalyzed, but also breakthroughs. And by mm-hmm. virtue of creating this kind of dysfunction, um, yeah. it, it brings out toxicity, dysfunctions, and all of this kind of corruption. So we may see a lot of this coming up that because of the Pluto aspect, the hidden part of it 
is going to kind of like the windows are going to be thrown open and everything's going to be thrown out the window and there you are. Um, so I, I think that there is a good side to this along with all of our warnings of, you know, Mercury retrograde and its own thing because it's in connection with these other two planets. And that's usually what we have to look at and we probably will down the road in one of our episodes that we do is when we talk about a a retrograde planet, Mercury being the one we're talking now, how it, what happens with the aspects that are with it. And then you get a better, a more finite idea of how it's going to affect you and what your world is like around you. And then take it another step, the bigger world. This one, the reason I got so turned on was that it had this particular planet Eris in it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, at what we're seeing right now on yeah. a larger perspective and in yeah. some instances our own personal worlds is yeah. this disruption of the dysfunctions and that mm-hmm. kind of causes us to go in a little chaos. But then what we do is it brings it out so we can get rid of it or do something that's beyond just sitting there running in a little circle. Right. So that yeah, and that's my, what I was my... saying at the beginning is like the layers, right? Like we yeah. can look at this, this big picture thing of a Mercury retrograde and then you can drill down into Mercury retrograde and see some of the other nuance of that. And you can drill that down further into your own chart and how it's going to personally impact you And it's like a never-ending well. So if you're still like, okay, this is super confusing. I don't understand anything. What what the heck? Mercury, uh, blah, what is it? Go find an astrologer. Like there's, this is why astrologers exist. They have taken the years to study (laughs) so that you don't have to. And they can tell Mm -hmm. you how this might impact you individually. Because I am for sure not an astrologer. What I know about astrology could fit in a symbol. Uh, I know just enough to be dangerous, and I find it interesting, but I definitely am not an expert. So mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. talk to an expert well, if you want to know how it impacts you on in your chart. In your chart and where your yeah. progressions are accordingly. Because, yeah. You know, we we know, both Phoenix and I, from our own personal experiences and also because we've gotten into the the field that we're in and we've, you know, kind of expanded our knowledge as we've come up against things that we need to figure out and find out, um, that it's really important because here's the thing that, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to digress to a small story, because the Mercury retrograde process is about communication, among other things, as Phoenix said, but personal relationship communications. And as Phoenix and I both know, a lot of our clients also deal with personal relationship situations. And within the context of that, one of the interesting things is that there was a particular card that came up in a particular reading for a client that in essence gave the answer in terms of the problems that this person was having um, to be more gentle, be more, you know, open to um, listening and talking, but talking from a different type of perspective, a more, um, a deeper kind of like mm-hmm. things coming up, uh, you know, and, and then I read um, that one of the things about 
Mercury and Pluto and Mercury being retrograde within, you know, the conjunction of Pluto, um, that that's one of the things that is coming up for this particular month. And I had no idea when I read that particular situation and gave that particular information that that energy was already in place and setting up more for this month because the Mercury Mm -hmm. retrograde was coming in. So, you know, then utilizing astrology is sometimes not necessarily an intellectual pursuit, but you can get your information validated Mm -hmm. (laughs) with going to to an astrologer or, you know, when you do do work on, you know, and look at the internet or the books that, you know, people put out on astrology for the year or the time frame, you can see how that will, you know, impact you. I do want to plug Chani Nicholas, who is, uh, she's already a very successful and famous astrologer. Uh, she has a, uh, an app, and there's a free version of the app where you get, you know, the overview and the big astrological changes, and you get access to your own chart and things like that. And then for, I think, like 12 bucks a month, you can subscribe to the app, and you get every week you get your own personalized reading for your rising sign. So it's not just your chart, but it's your rising signs chart. And there are workbooks and rituals and guided meditation. It's really, really cool. I've been subscribing to it for a while now and I really love it. Uh, And I just want to share, if you are interested in learning more about astrology or keeping tabs on your personal chart, it's a really great app. And there are others there's lots of great astrologers out there, but Chani's become quite popular. She has a book out called uh, You Were Born for This, which I love because that's a Joan of Arc quote. <laughs> it's a, there you a go. Joan of Arc quote uh, who Joan of Arc plays heavily in my next book, so I love that that is a thing. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a starting off point if you're not and sure And would you repeat the, the name and possibly her website? Yeah, it's Chani Nicholas, C-H-A-N-I um, is her first name. And I think if you type in Chani Astrologer, you will find her because there's um, – Okay. She's, like I said, she's gotten quite popular. Okay. And All I right, do that's have her, but I haven't finished it, so. <laughs> okay. Well, there we are. So – we're, we're, and again, we always like to, if we feel that there is someone who we've had personal experience with and has been um, good, vetted, and feel comfortable, we, would, we do like to make that personal um, recommendation for people out there and, you know, in terms of yeah. that. So I think yeah. we should go to a, uh, a break <laughs> oh, yeah. for our short but sweet yeah. break. We'll do that. We'll be back in just a minute. Yes, we will. Okay. You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. 
The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. All right. That was fun. <laughs> I feel energized with that bouncy music. <laughs> I don't care how old we get, I still remember I Dream of Jeannie. Yes, indeed. Of course. So, what is the, I don't know, you know, I know we talked about, you know, the eclipses and the Mercury retrograde. Is Was there another section that you wanted to throw in at this time? You know, the only other thing I was going to mention was just a quick explanation of three terms. Um, and it's like real, really quick, like, so if you see the word conjunction, like if this thing's conjuncting with this thing, that, what that means is they're really close together, and so they're impacting each other because they're like rubbing shoulders. So that could be a good or a bad thing, depending on what those entities rubbing up against each other are, right? So that's just basically what that word means. Then there's square is a word that you might see a lot out there in the astrological world, and a square tends to be there's discomfort like the planets are squaring off against each other you know so it's like they are um they are they might be amping each other up or winding each other up but square usually tends to suggest some sort of tension mm-hmm. and then you might see trine and a trine tends to be more lovely this is when they amplify each other in good ways and lift each other up and, and uh, enlighten each other's energies a little bit more. So a trine tends to be more positive, where a square tends to be more negative, and that's big generalities speaking right there. Um, a conjunction mm-hmm. could be any of those things. It just depends on who's involved. Um, right. oh, and then there's one more, I guess, which is opposition, and that is obvious. It's two things are on the opposite ends from each other, uh, and usually that's, like, not a positive or a negative either. It depends on who is in opposition. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like, for me, my sun sign and my moon sign are in opposition, so they tend to kind of um, be the opposites of each other and sometimes bring up opposite feelings and sometimes cause me to be able to see like two sides of the same coin. Sometimes that serves mm-hmm. me well, mm-hmm. sometimes that doesn't, you know? So these are four right. terms that you'll often see when you're looking at astrology or astrological things. And that's just the basics. So you, you don't have to feel confused about those words. Right, right. So they can get an idea on that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because a lot of times when you do, I mean, without even going into, you know, somebody writing down the the information regarding your personal chart on what was your birth chart and then what's your progression, which is means what's happened, where where everything is now in comparison to your birth chart, and then of course you you know there's these layers. They will always write this down and it will say that, and you kind of want to go, what right. does this mean? <laughs> so. But I also wanted to point out for this time frame, we are basically going, we are in Virgo, so there is a lot of 
planets and a lot of aspects like what you just brought up, the different kinds that are happening in Virgo, the actual sun sign, the sign, the sign that, you know, kind of takes sway over what's happening here. And then in mid-month, we switch to Libra. And it's, it's interesting because you go from an earth sign, which is Virgo, to an air sign, yeah. which is Libra. And um, so there is a change in energy because, again, we'll probably need to go and quickly discuss on one of our shows um, the idea of, you know, the, how the signs are divided into earth and air and, you know, kind of right. get a general like, you know, this is ABCs of astrology signs. And that way right. you get an idea, not just about your, your sign, because, of course, that's the one we all start with. We start with what is me and then, you know, these right. other things right. of how <laughs> it happens. Yeah. So, that's um, so funny because that's we, what, that is exactly what happens. People are like, oh, I want to know all about me. And then you start mm-hmm. to read about yourself, and you're like, oh, that's interesting, that's interesting. Well, what about my boyfriend? What about my friend Kate? What about my dog? And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you're, you've pulled everyone's chart that you know, and you're yep. probably more confused than you were before you started. <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And but then you know this this is the same thing, Darwin. When we go into to um, gosh tarot, we get started mm-hmm. and we like this, yeah. but then we get confused on how this. Well, this means this, but then when you put it with this, what does it mean? And, you know, so there's this thing, and it's got layers into itself, what card means as we've gone before, what the major arcana are, what the minor arcana are. Um, Mm -hmm. And, but I think that allows you to have a pictorial, something you could see. This, it's a lot of lines and a lot of squiggles for each particular thing. And people just kind of go, oh, my God, you know, what does it mean? And right. we kind of all freak out. But then we find people that we can connect with and shows like ours where we kind of give like a little guiding light that says, this is an idea. Now you can go here and find some more, you know, information. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, Virgo is about health. It's, you know, the worker. It's the one that gets, you know, into um, service and that so you've got a lot of rolling up your sleeves and getting into things which if you think about it which I find interesting is that um, we used to (laughs) in the old days start school in September now they start in August but um, within the context of you know rolling up your sleeves getting back to education that kind of a thing and then Mm -hmm. we we kind of move into um, Libra which is balance and that means we find balance in what we've started you know meaning a school year or whatever and mm-hmm. you know um communication and and you know that kind of justice and i think with all the things that are going on for september and not you know aspects etc cetera, etc cetera, there's a lot that's coming up that we're going to see shift from what we've been seeing to other kinds of energy, and especially with a Mercury retrograde (laughs) thrown in there, I think you're going to see um, some major energy come out in terms of communication. And if you dial it down to your personal, like work and family, you may find that you have 
to renegotiate some things in both areas and mm-hmm. you know, reevaluate what's going on and hopefully using some of the other energies that are going on be a little bit um, less aggressive and like I'm going to pound you into the ground consciousness <laughs> yeah. situation um, to get what I'm looking at done, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, that being said, um, and I have to say one thing. I know this is, this yeah, is totally of off subject, but I had just been talking before I started the show with a friend of mine, and I was explaining to him that, and I know you're going to know the show, um, on uh, Netflix, the last and final finale season of a TV show called Lucifer comes up. Oh. And I love Lucifer in terms of the show. I like how they have they have worked in some incredible things that are non-Christian or um, revisioned some of what they're trying to do and this whole thing and how they've they've and of course it's all modern. It's all now. And yeah. um, one of the things, of course, is that this is the time when Lucifer is how do I want to I don't want to say reborn he has come to the light again and the dynamic and I was I was sitting here looking at all of this information and thinking when I was reading this that it is so interesting that his normal way of dealing with things is to be brutal and he has learned a new way and it's not Mm. to put you know that energy out there that way so I I'm plugging the show because I think it has a lot to say. It has shifted and changed some some perspectives, and I think that ultimately um, the feminine is very much brought into balance and honored, and I think that that is where I find it most uh, appealing, that they did a show that came from a time where things were definitely not that. And, of course, as we're seeing presently in parts of the world, that that is an issue that is now front and center. So I'm plugging that just as a sidebar for an entertainment point of reference. Yeah, I love that. I think that there's a lot that fantasy and, you know, modern television and it's different and movies and whatnot – like they definitely, there's some good shows and movies out there that just touch on real magic, real witchcraft, real otherworldly stuff. And, you know, uh-huh. you can't fully go into it. And honestly, I think a show about real magic would probably be kind of boring and maybe even more sciencey. It wouldn't be as like magical, yeah. which is funny. But when you, <laughs> yeah. but these shows that just like dip a toe into that, they're really, um, I don't know, they make me feel filled, you know? It's nice to see, mm-hmm. like, a fraction of what what we do represented in a mainstream way. And so I love that. I like mm-hmm. those recommendations. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, it, and I mean, it is part of putting something into our consciousness that helps shift energies in a way that balances us. Because, you know, if you, if you, are constantly bombarded by what we are bombarded with. It is um, something that is meant to disturb and uh, to create dissension, certainly not harmony. 
Um, and I, I really find that a lot of people that I talk to, and you have done it, I have done it, we binge watch certain shows that have something in it for us to kind of rekindle a, a part of that spark of joy and, 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 you know, wonder or, you know, the childlike things. I, as I say, I have a granddaughter that is six years old. I think I've done Peppa Pig and Paw Patrol <laughs> and, um, those are, and my kid's 19. <laughs> I know. Trust me. They, they, they just returned, darling, and returned. I hate Peppa Pig, dude. I hate Peppa Pig. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, the voices and the way they, they – I know there's a lot out there that they try to, to, to put in, but I can't I, – I just kind of go, you know. But, yeah, so I get a, I get a whole other version. But there's some fascinating things that they've, they've put into entertainment, even for the young kids, that are um, amazing, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that – so I, I definitely encourage, among all the other things, especially when we have things like retrogrades coming up, especially a Mercury retrograde, is, you know, uh, reconnect with some of those things that were part of a part of your world that was that or is part of your world that is positive or, you know, has bring that energy up because. Um, you got to fill the cup in so many different ways. You can't just mm-hmm. hibernate. I know that a lot of us want to, but when we get into our little cocoon, um, yeah. we do need to have other things to to do. I know that you I'm know, not a butterfly to, going into a cocoon. To add to that, because this is what I've mm-hmm. noticed, this is my own personal work right now. Mm-hmm. Like the hibernation is good and the cocooning is good and there's a time and a place for that. So I think mm-hmm. where it becomes problematic, and again, this is what's happening to me, is when it's mm-hmm. not actually a slowing down or a relaxing or a cocooning, it's a numbing. Mm-hmm. And I'm using, yeah. you know, like trash TV or, or listening to audiobooks or Facebook or whatever to just zone out and numb. I'm not actually relaxing. Mm-hmm. I'm not actually experiencing. And that, I think, mm-hmm. is a very modern issue. And it's totally what I'm working on personally right now. So you said that, and I was like, ah! <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> well, because, well, first of all, because at a certain point when I'm, after I finish moving everything here and being, starting to try and get a, a life going, I have binge-watched certain types of shows. And I just listened. Mm-hmm. I just listened, and I watched, and I listened. And some of it was, you know, it was just to get my brain to stop mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. kind of not do anything. So yep. if I were to look at that, I, use, I would say it's a reset. And it's interesting because, again, there are three resets. We are coming to the final reset. And it's funny someone said this um, in some other context, and I just recently read it actually in the information I was kind of babbling through here, getting what my side of the thing was that I thought, um, is that we're at the final one. The equinox is the final reset. We started with Mm -hmm. August 1st, Lunasa. We wound up with, um, oh, God, brain just went into a mobile mobile space. It'll come to me, and then, you know, the first harvest, the second harvest, and then, of course, 
Oh, it is. We're at where the the final one actually is is October 31st, but the the, the main reset one is is the fall equinox. That's why there wasn't anything. But it was talking about reset. You know, yeah. you review and you reset. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes the review isn't that we sit and we think about all the things that we've done for the last six months or whatever and, you know, the brain. It's letting that internal computer do the review while the, the conscious mind has a distraction, which is the binge watching. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. you reset by getting through that and saying, okay, enough, I've got to go do something, and that's how you start the actual reset, just like you turn a computer off when it's kind of icky and you turn it back on, and then it takes time to get all its programs kind of back in line and say hello. Yeah. Yep. So time and place for it, but, yes, it is a way to, 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 to numb, but there are things out of that that, you know, it's funny you were talking about audiobooks. Um, I didn't listen to a lot of audiobooks in the last three months, and I started. And I'm going to, again, plug something. Ages back when we were doing different goddesses and things, we, I believe we did Circe, or at, close to it, because mm-hmm. I know you, re, you suggested an audiobook called yeah. Circe. And yeah. I had purchased it, and it's been sitting in my library. Well, I started listening to it. I thought it was going to be an informational one. And it turns out it's a story. Yeah. You know, it's her story, and it's done as a storybook. And I'm like, wow, this is really great. And, I, you know, um, at one point they were talking about Prometheus, and she was was talking about meeting Prometheus and seeing what happened to him and, you know, the sacrifice God. And it was so weird because at that moment I'm listening to this, and all of a sudden, like a computer, and I'm saying that, because it felt like it, every sacrificed deity came into place, going up mm. to even Jesus. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh. You know, mm-hmm. here you have another um, ancient deity of, of this nation. Each one has a – and it was just like it, it kind of went – and that's how I feel when I start listening to certain things on audiobooks, it's it's really interesting because there are times when yes, you use it to listen and just ignore the world, but that one didn't let me ignore it. It just went, no, you're right. Gonna hear this, yeah. So, good. Oh, good lovely. Book. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for for that particular one way way back. Oh yeah, because there was book. a point. Yeah, it is. It really yeah. is, and right. I'm just like I'm enjoying it, savoring it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely one of those books to savor. And I will say, just to further plug that book, the audio book, the woman who narrates it, her voice is mm-hmm. luscious. It's a, yes. like, a treat to listen to. So if you're if you haven't ever done an audio book, try Circe. It's so divine. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anywho. Yes. We're at time. It though. is. <laughs> yes, we are. I know. Well, see, we did have a lot to say in many ways, yeah. so it worked out, and I'm grateful for that. And next time for our show in two weeks, we're actually going to be doing our autumn equinox uh, rebroadcast. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. So if you want some fall equinox fun or 
um, inspiration, tune into that episode. It'll be live on the 17th. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we will be doing an Ask a Witch segment in the next little while. So please do go to our website, witchpriestesscauldron.com, and send us your questions. If you have a question about witchcraft, paganism, spell work, something specific that's happening in your world, or if you'd like us to pull a few cards for you on a situation, feel free to send us a little note with, with the subject and what's up and what you would like us to discuss. Good. Yes. Yeah. We would love to discuss. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, my dear, it has been a joy, and um, you will be going off and away for a little bit, so enjoy yeah. your vacation. I know. Thank you. I know that's, that's exciting, and yeah. um, I will um, look forward to hearing how it went. Awesome. I look forward to telling you. All right. Okay. (laughs) All right. And our audience, because I know we'll probably have to talk about it too. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Well, my dear and audience, everyone have a wonderful two weeks, a great uh, autumn equinox, and we will see you on the radio in two weeks. Well, yes, four weeks, actually. Yeah. You know, this and that. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Whatever. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.